the periods of life that are not total shit. It's sitting at the open window season again. The birds have resumed their posts, thank God. What did they do all winter, crouched in their nests? Imagine the stiffness in their little bird legs. After a hell of a last two years, and then a hibernation in earnest of a few months, I'm walking on my own little bird legs, toddling around, trying not to notice that pulled left heel or pain in the arch of my left foot, and I feel this is the getting older thing people talk about. At almost 48, I'm a pretty spry thing, but getting back into shape scares me a little because I don't want to find out what I've lost during this long forced nesting time that can't be retrieved. Limitations like that give me hives. And so I go on walking, but I don't really want to push it and find out what I can't do anymore and then have to write a poem about that loss. But I've noticed I have time to work out, but step back from the ledge of pushing myself because my hopeful optimism is new and tender and getting a full update on what this baby can and can't do sounds hard, so I'd rather not. My life is like retirement. I can't believe how lucky I feel I am. No screaming kids, no 80-hour work weeks, just peace and quiet and order day after day. The universe is so funny as an orchestrator of irony. Of course, when hell is being served on a platter and projected on the Megatron for the whole world to watch, I'm sitting at home, blissed out with my feet up, pen in hand, basking in the sun in my cozy pink pajamas, and my lesson at this horrible time is to receive my blessings. With my brother's wedding in a few days, and only self-care and drinks on my calendar, I don't feel compelled to do anything other than feel like I'm resting. The office manager has acquiesced and approved all the leave I asked for, and she liked the tone of the sauna group invite I sent last night, and she feels hopeful that her office girl will come back after her special weekend away in Cincinnati. But leave it to God to deliver your heart-melting awareness that you have everything you need materially and spiritually at a time when the rest of the world most certainly doesn't. It's like the universe is asking if you'd like to forfeit your riches and throw them in the mud and grind them in with your own boot. If you were to say, oh, I can't accept this. Look at how everyone else is getting on. Joy is embarrassing or even gauche at a time like this. But that's one view, but I'm not biting. I say joy is mine now because it has come of its own accord at this moment and it knocks on my door and says sweetly like a Girl Scout, can I come in? And I say, of course, sweetheart, I'll buy a whole case of whatever you've got. But there's also the opposite trap of joy, where if you feel good at a god-awful time like this, you must strain your neck, throwing your head back and calling like a crow that joy is still in one person. But that show is exhausting, and it's not my job. So my question is, what the hell do I do with this joy, other than soak it up, 
soak up her company with me here in the sun. Some joys don't need sharing to savor their sweetness, but you have to get the bitter taste of guilt off your palate to truly appreciate the flavor. Such is the irony of life during a pandemic, a global meltdown of epic epic proportions where the dutiful rescuer of the world should have gone the extra mile for everyone, but instead she sat at home and meditated on why she hated her work and didn't want to do it. So now she'll see you, but not out of an obligatory contract, but because she doesn't need to prove jack shit and she has something to offer to people who want it. But for the overachieving puritanical worker, although anyone who knew me would guffaw at that, I'm too much of a Sybarite to qualify as a Puritan. But for all that cultural programming, telling me to nurture, rescue, overextend, till only illness holds me back, you have to tempt her with the biggest carrot on a stick and see if she'll resist to really test her resolve to voluntarily take herself out of the Olympics of rescuing. I feel like the second string of essential workers. I've been generally pampering myself this whole 365 times two. My adrenals are great. My compassion is growing. I can hear others' problems without recoiling from the thought of having to care about them. That was a terrifying edge to come up to. But now I'm a ways back from the precipice. And the view is magnificent and life feels ordered and calm in this little domestic domain of my world. And so I'm just enjoying it, especially these next two days when I'll put shoes with earrings and scarves with brunching get-ups and I'll just revel in the periods of life that are not total shit. In fact, they are total bliss. Save all that angstiness that passes through. But that goes on anyway, so we won't worry so much now. To allow the sweet bites of life when they are on your fika menu is the sign of a wise woman. And to truly enjoy them is a skill in a world that supposes suffering permanently in these tough times. Enjoyment is my act of rebellion, and I shall do my best to be my own fearless leader.